Heavenly Father, we invite you as the, the centerpiece of this meeting, the one that we all look to, the one sit, seated on the throne, high and lifted up. And our praise, our attention, our focus is turned toward you, especially during this season when we know the real reason for it and there are so many floundering because of it. Give us clarity, Lord, as we worship and sincerely receive what we're about to share with you in these songs as just love songs from our heart to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good evening. Sorry I have a cold tonight. Would you all, would you, would you, thank you. Would you turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11? Oswald Chambers said, It is only by obedience that we understand the teaching of God. I had no idea when I began this series called Leaving Your Mark that it would actually be prophetic. I want you to look at the eighth verse of chapter 11, where it sums up Abraham's experience in following God. We read, By faith... Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place in which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Today, tonight, by faith, I am announcing my departure from Calvary of Albuquerque. And I want to explain to you why, where, what's next, uh, who would take over, etc. I want to tell you that it's the hardest choice that I have made in my entire ministry. It's the hardest choice my son and my wife have labored alongside with me. Uh, it's been uh, wrought over many months of prayer, counsel with friends, with ministry leaders. L let me just begin by telling you why. 22 years ago, I came from Southern California in a beat-up Datsun pickup truck that was leaking oil. It was like the Beverly Hillbillies in reverse. And we came all the way out here, and we made it. And what drove me was a pioneer spirit. I wanted the Lord to do a new work. I wanted to sort of see what if I were to go to a place and just teach the Bible what the Lord might do. And of course, after 22 years, and it's hard to believe it's gone that quickly, the Lord has done, and I underscore, the Lord has done great things. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Now, every missionary, every church planter will understand what it is to feel a call and to pick up, pull up roots, and to move. And that's exactly what we did. But you should also know that I felt for some time now those same stirrings, that same entrepreneurial pressure from the Lord, I feel, that drove me out here. I felt like perhaps the Lord wanted me to do it again, that he had something else in store. Um, it's sort of like Caleb. And I mentioned him last week in our study. He was 85. I'm not quite that old. But as an equivalent, I sort of am, because if you look how long the guy lived, and I don't know how long I'll live, but I sort of feel like at a stage in life where, like Caleb, he said these words, I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now my strength is for war, both for going out 
and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke. A few years back, we had working with our staff a dear brother, George Sanchez, from the Navigators. And he told me something one day I'll never forget. He reminded me of it a couple times. He said, Skip, the Lord may require the use of your gifts in another place. Don't rule that out. You're a builder, you're a visionary, you're an entrepreneurial kind of a guy. God may require the use of those gifts in another place. And I believe it's a biblical model. If I look at the Bible correctly, I see a guy by the name of Paul who would go into an area, preach the gospel, establish a work, and when he felt that work was strong enough in terms of leadership and stability, it was then that he left. Acts chapter 20 is a prime example where he took the elders of Ephesus and said, I have labored with you. I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. And notice what we just read as well. By faith, Abraham obeyed. Now, i got to tell you, I feel that for me, this is an issue of obedience. So strongly do I feel that, that were I to stay, I feel I would be disobeying God. So that's factor number one, is just how the Lord constructed me with that pioneering kind of a spirit. Number two is my pastor's counsel. Chuck Smith called in August, and he suggested that I move closer to where they are in Orange County just to help him in those, these final years of his ministry. He's 77, still going strong, still pastoring the church, doing great. And he suggested and encouraged that I would move closer to maybe pick up some of those pieces alongside of him. Now, let me just squelch a rumor that has been going around. I am not going out there to take over his church. That's been a rumor that's circulating the country, and it's been so fast and furious a rumor. That's why I'm bringing this tonight to you, because though I wanted to wait till after Christmas, listen, I didn't want to give you a bummer Christmas, but because of those kind of rumors, I thought I've got to nip it in the bud. What I am doing is taking over a smaller church, one that has been struggling for a number of years, about one-tenth the size or smaller than this one, to build, to build up leadership, to do evangelism in the area of South Orange County, the area of San Juan Capistrano. Um, now, I just want to tell you something else. This isn't typical. Um, this is not the norm. What is the norm is for people who are successful in ministry to just kick back and enjoy the success. When you get to a ministry that's this size, that has the notoriety that it has in this city, in this state, and in the country, to just say, you know what? You don't want to mess with that. Just stay there. Enjoy it. And honestly, my board of directors has given me a lot of freedom. They said I could take a sabbatical if I wanted. I could stay away from the pulpit more if I wanted and write more books. It's just not who I am. It's just not how God made me. So uh, in addition to the flock in South Orange County, I will be taking Chuck Smith's Sunday night service in Costa Mesa. That's what he asked me to do. And uh, i got to tell you that the Sunday night service is the legacy of the man. It's what made me who I am today was through the Bible, Sunday night at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. So for him to ask me to take that study and continue it for him while he's doing Sunday morning is an absolute honor because it's his legacy. A third factor in this decision is my mother. 
She is uh, about 86, getting up in years. And in the final years of her life, I want to honor my father and my mother. I didn't go looking for this. I didn't get on the phone and say, you got any churches out there that I can pastor? It was a series of events that happened to us to the point where we concluded this is the Lord's will for our life. And a scripture Lenny and I clung to during this thing was in Genesis 24, where Eliezer, you remember, the servant of Abraham, was sent out to find a bride for Isaac. And when he found her, he said this, I, being in the way, the Lord led me. And I felt that through a series of circumstances, the Lord put us in the way to discover his will. Because I just built a house in the mountains this last year, and I thought, great, this is it. Cruise-o-matic. I've arrived. The Lord didn't want me to put it in cruise-o-matic. He had other things for us. The big question that you're wondering is, who's going to take over this church? After all, Abraham had his son, Isaac, that he put in place as patriarch. Uh, Moses had his Joshua. Uh, Paul had his son in the faith, Timothy. In fact, you remember that Paul referred to Timothy by saying, I have no one like-minded who will naturally care for your state. It's an interesting word. The Greek word isopsukos means equal-souled, equal-souled, knit together on the same track. I felt that for me to select or look at or entertain somebody my age would be going backwards. I've labored 22 years by God's grace at this fellowship. And I want to see it go into the future, not go backwards. So I have asked, and he is here with his family tonight, Pete Nelson and his wife Angie Nelson, who used to be my youth pastor here years ago, to come and continue pastoring at this church. Why Pete? Number one, it's a biblical model. It's a biblical model. Pete has been to me a true Timothy in the faith. Let me explain. Pete Nelson came to faith in Christ here at this fellowship. In fact, I remember, he doesn't like me telling the story quite this way, but I remember when he was like 16 years old, and he came up to me after a service, and he looked at me and goes, I want to be in the ministry. And I'm thinking in my heart, yeah, right, whatever. Not knowing this day would come. He came to faith in Christ here. He met his wife here. I performed the wedding ceremony at Calvary. I dedicated their firstborn son, Isaac. And so he's a true Timothy. Second, because he's seasoned in the ministry. You remember Paul said to Timothy when it comes to eldership that you're not to find a novice. He can't be a novice lest being puffed up with pride he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Pete has not only ministered here as youth pastor, Pete has ministered around the world in every conceivable church setting. He started a church in Vail, Colorado. He's been pastoring a Crossroads Church up in Denver, uh, teaching most of the services, managing a large staff. And third, because he's, he's good, he's gifted, he's capable. He's spoken in this pulpit before. And I'll tell you this, nobody speaks in this pulpit unless I think they're good. And I think Pete is good, capable, and gifted. We've talked before, and Pete says, Skip, I have your DNA spiritually in me. And while that may be true, that part of my spiritual DNA is in Pete, 
he's his own man. He's his own leader. He's a gifted leader, and he's nationally endorsed. The people that I have consulted about Pete Nelson have all given a thumbs up. He's the guy. He's the man. The third thing I want to address is what's next. What's next? It says here in our text, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to go. And I'm going to obey as well. I'm going to be going out as well, but not immediately. I'm going to be around a while. Number one, I'm going to remain on the board of directors, as chairman of the board. I'm not leaving that quickly. I want to steady the ship. In fact, all of our board, including Franklin, Greg, Rawl, the rest, have decided to remain on the board. Um, we've got Christmas Eve coming up, 4 and 6. I hope you're there. It'll be a sweet time of fellowship. I have next Sunday. I have New Year's Eve. I go to Belize then for a crusade. I'll be back for that. And I plan to spend the month of January here on Wednesday nights, continuing line on line, and let Pete take the Sunday mornings. That way, I can be around for a while to help work through this, process this, get it in our hearts and in our heads in a warm kind of a way. The fourth thing I want to talk about is you. I expect something from you as well. Now, I realize that tonight, even right now at this moment, there are a variety of maturity levels that I'm speaking to. Jesus said there are some 30, some 60, some 100-fold in, in any garden where things are planted. And I know that to be true tonight, that there are some at a very immature spiritual stage, some in the middle, some very mature, some leadership quality, and some even that are not in the faith. And that would happen at any meeting at any time. That's just how the church is made up. But I expect something from you. Number one, I expect a godly perspective. Understand what is not changing. Understand what is not changing. The staff pastors are still here. The Bible is still here. God is still here. The Holy Spirit doesn't leave with Skip Heitzig. He will continue to do his work, build up his church through godly leadership. David had the right attitude. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And it's the perspective that the nation of Israel needed when their king Uzziah died. And you remember the story in Isaiah chapter 6 during that period of time when it was dismal. Who's going to lead us? That God gave to Isaiah a vision. I saw the Lord high and lifted up, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Now, I, I know it's not easy. This has been hard for us, very emotional for us. I'm sure for many of you it is as well. You've gotten used to me. I've gotten used to you. I've dedicated some of your babies. I've baptized many of you. I have uh, buried your dead. We have prayed together. We have counseled together. And that will continue. The staff... The leadership is in place, and after all, we are a body of Christ. A body. It's not one gift, it's not one member, but let me remind you of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, now the body is not made up of one part, but many. So I'm asking for a godly perspective. Number two, I'm asking you for a godly handling of information. Do not let anger 
or bitterness take the better part of you. I know it is a shock. So what do we do? Well, we process this biblically. We pray together. We trust God together. We can process this through staff, through staff pastors. Uh, with me, I'll be around, as I said, for the next six weeks. And I'm going to ask you to pray for us. It would look like we're leaving a lot. We're giving up a lot. And we're walking in many ways into the unknown. I want your prayers. I covet your prayers. The third thing I'm going to ask you to do is to stay active and stay involved. Did you know that some people will call the desk, it's been going on for years, and they ask Saturday nights and Sunday morning, is Skip preaching today? And if he's not, guess what? They don't come. Now let me tell you, that is not acceptable. That is carnality. Any attitude that would say, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Skip, I'm of Pete, is not acceptable. We are a body of Christ. I'd like to believe, and I do with all my heart, that the core of our church is a godly group of mature believers whose eyes are fixed on Jesus Christ, not upon any one man. Now, this is going to shake some folks up. You know what? Some folks need to be shaken up. Because for so many, church has become a spectator sport. It's not a spectator sport. It's a contact sport. It's a participating event where we all share, disciple, mature together. I've told you before about Bud Wilkinson, the University of Oklahoma football coach. He was asked to describe football. And he said, oh, it's easy. I'll tell you what football is. It's 22 men on the field who desperately need rest because they're doing all the work and 50,000 people in the audience who desperately need exercise who are doing all the watching. Don't let church become that. Let's let God shake us up to use our gifts to build one another up. The fourth thing I'm going to ask you to do is to support my Timothy. He's giving up a lot, too. He's uprooting his family. He has to change schools for his children. He has to leave his church, and he has to do it all over here. He's coming back home in a sense, but he needs your love. He needs your prayers. He needs your encouragement as well. Amen. Something on the news the other day reminded me of, of this story. John Hinckley Jr. in 1981 shot President Ronald Reagan. You remember the incident? Reagan was hospitalized. He was, for several weeks, in a hospital room recuperating. And guess what? Guess what? The nation went on. The government didn't stop. The government went on. Here's the chief executive officer of the United States of America, and it all went on. Leadership was in place. There was a maturity about the government and the nation. However, what would happen if all the garbage collectors in the United States decided to go on strike? It happened in Philadelphia, not all of them in the country, but in that city, and the place was a dump. It was unsanitary. It stank. They tell us that within three weeks, the United States would be shut down if every garbage collector in America went on strike. Now, who's more important, the President of the United States or a bunch of garbage collectors? Answer? They're all important. And in the church, 
We're all needed. It is a body of Christ. Now, I've, I've placed a burden upon you. I realize that. And I'm going to ask you to share the burden with me. I'm going to ask you as you leave tonight not to make phone calls to your friends or your family or people on the other side of the country until after the third service tomorrow. Now, I told people I was going to say this, and they thought, oh, come on, in your dreams, that'll never happen. Well, I trust you. I trust that you believe it's important for first service tomorrow, second and third service, to hear the information, not across the parking lot or on the phone from you, but from my lips. I have the right, as their pastor, to share this information with them. Would you honor that? Thank you. Now I'm going to ask my wife to come up. We want to hear a few words from her. I just want to say that um, I love you and we love you. And I guess I'm the one that's going to give you permission to emote because that's what I do. So if you want to laugh or cry, whatever it is, you can do it with me. But I want you to know how well loved you are. And that's what made this decision so hard. And that's what hurts my heart to say goodbye. But to be a Christian, there has to be a first love. And Jesus requires that you love him best. And he said, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So, on with that text, he said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That's the call that compelled us to come to Albuquerque. And it beckons us forward. And it's not because you're not loved. It's because we love Jesus best. I so didn't want to be Tammy Faye Baker. <laughs> you know, and I don't have that whatever waterproof mascara. <laughs> Anyway, walking by faith and not by sight isn't easy. I can look to the past and I see God's blessings. I can look at the future and see his abundance. But I can't peek into the future to see what it holds. And God is asking us to leap, to launch out into that future and walk by faith and not by sight. But I don't think we step out with a flimsy faith, not us nor you as a congregation. We walk for, forth with a faith that is firmly rooted that we know God loves us. And in Jeremiah it says he knows the thoughts that he thinks for us and he has plans for us that are good and not evil to give us a future and a hope. And that's what I believe. I believe for you, for me, for his body that we have a future and we have a hope. 
During this season of shaking, I know as a mama, I wish I could hug you all and make you feel better. And I know we'll all be emotionally vulnerable. I have been. And you might feel orphaned or abandoned in this season, and that's such a lie. Never, never will you be orphaned or abandoned. Isaiah 49 says, The Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on them in their sorrow. Yet, my people say, the Lord has deserted us. He has forgotten us. Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for a child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name on my hand. I want you to know that your name is on God's hands in indelible ink, but your names are in our hearts engraved forever, and we won't forget you either. We love you, and I just want you to pray for us and know that I'm not going to say goodbye because I hope we'll be back and I can just see you again. Well, have a seat. The evening is still young. I want to introduce to you Pete Nelson, who is my youth pastor for some time, has uh, started a group and did evangelism around the world called The Cry. He's a gifted Bible teacher, an excellent pastor. Pete, come on up. Give him a warm welcome. Now be seated. And some of you haven't breathed in 20 minutes, so take a breath really quick before you die. I see some purple people back there. Let me just honor Skip for a moment. I have just a few things to say. You're going to hear me enough. 19 years ago, I was a punk teenage kid, walked into Calvary Chapel there on Snow Heights never experienced anything like it, saw this blonde-haired surfer dude with flip-flops on teaching the Bible from a stool. My life was changed forever because of Jesus and because Skip throughout the years has promoted Jesus Christ first and foremost beyond anything else, amen? And that's who we serve. And this is his church. And we are his body. Skip has been an example to me in every way, in his genuine concern, in his honesty, his discipline, and his diligence. And now we see what an incredible example to all of us in a man of faith, him and Lenya both, men and women of faith, putting their money where their mouth is. It's incredible. I remember when I was youth pastor and the Lord was blessing and met a couple French Canadians there in the youth group and the Lord brought me into a time, a season of evangelism, traveling all over the world and preaching the gospel. The Lord was calling me to Southern California. This is 10 years ago. And I gave the word to skip. I... Gave my notice, 
asked him what he thought, had a, asked him to pray for me. One day he knocked on my office, which was right up here, and he walked in, and I thought he was just going to let me go because I was asking for a little bit of leeway here. I'm, I need to get things together. It's going to be a little a month or so. I was expecting him to come in. Hey, you know, why don't you just pack your stuff and go praise God. God's called you. Skip came into my office, and he said something to me that transformed my life in the ministry. It set the tone for my life as I've served the Lord through these years. He said, Pete, my job, my job description is to get underneath you and lift you up as high as you can go. That's what kind of man this is. And everything that Skip has asked of you tonight, he deserves every bit of it. And we can honor him with our obedience, our obedience to the Lord. The way that God works, you know, God works so much more than we think. We're all privy to the scripture, Ephesians 3.20 and 21, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. God is always up to something bigger. God is always up to something better, something way beyond our wildest dreams. He's up to something bigger in my life, he's up, up to something bigger in Skip and Lenya's life, and he's up to something bigger in your life. That is just how God works. We always think smaller. God is always thinking bigger. God is always thinking better. That's just his nature. That is just how God works. Look at this place. Skip came out, and I remember him telling me, I wish I just had a church of about 100 people. Look what God has done. And it's not just numbers, it's depth and maturity. And I just praise God for this example. But we live in this cynical world, especially concerning the church. There's no scandal here. There's no one blowing it, following Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome. I've had the opportunity to travel all over the world, as Skip has mentioned, my wife as well. We've been to hundreds, thousands of churches, spoken in many, many churches in many different countries. And I'm, I mean this honestly. This is not just, I'm not saying it. This is truth from my heart. This, this is our favorite place in the world. It always has been. Every place we've ever been to, it's comparable to this fellowship, to you guys. And it is a great honor and privilege, and it's humbling to be asked by Skip to come and pastor here. And I look so forward to just being here with you. I really do. Being among you and serving the Lord with you. So much looking forward to that. I'm not Skip. I'm not going to try and be Skip, but I will give you my best. And I will serve the Lord with all of my heart. And I ask you, my expectation is that you will pray for me. You will pray for me. For prayer changes things.
that verse, and I'd like to close with this, and Chip's going to come up. Verse 21, I just want to read it again, and I want it to sink in. To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Wow. Well, the Bible says God does all things well. And we are about to witness something truly historic uh, in our generation of the church. That's the orderly transition of power, uh, the smooth passing of a baton from one generation to another. And um, that's going to be exciting. But first, I want to say what's on the heart of um, many in this room, many who have been touched by the ministry of Skip and Lenya, and uh, that is thank you. Lenya, you'll never be Tammy Faye Baker. And Skip, it's been a true privilege. Uh, great things are ahead for you three, and we, we are certain of that. Well, it is a new day. This uh, church has never seen a day without this man as senior pastor. Uh, that day has come now. So it's a new day. It's a different day. And we have mixed emotions, don't we? Um, good things are ahead. Let me indulge in a, a little bit of nostalgia before we, before we press on. Um, I, I was around when Skip first began contemplating coming to Albuquerque. We were in, in Southern California. And my response was, why? <laughs> but I look around now. I walk around this campus. I go around this country and this community, and I know why. And I know also that this man's best days are not behind him. Um, many of you have come here tonight not expecting what has happened, and you're going to face wild kinds of emotions. And I know you love Skip Heisig and his wife for the, the ministry, the shepherds they have been, for what they've meant to our life, uh, to our church, and to the city. And um, I just want to tell you that working here is like being on a, uh, a whitewater rafting trip. There's a little, little peaceful time, and then you hear, then here comes the rapids, and you hang on for dear life. It's exhilarating, and it's addictive, and it's been a real treat. Uh, Skip has become, has grown into one of the premier Bible teachers on the planet, and yet, being around him out of the pulpit is like being with a Disney character. So <laughs> he brings both, both sides to the table, and. We'll, we'll get to supporting Pete in, in, in due time, but I, I just want to say that if you love Skip and if you love Lenny and Nathan, release them. Allow them to experience what God has for them. Because I can't wait to see what God is going to do when they hit Southern California. Remember, 
they have turned this state through God's grace and his spirit upside down in the past 20 years. I can't wait to see what's going to happen when they, they land in Orange County because it'll be a new platform. I'm convinced it will catapult them to a, a global ministry that we can't even conceive of at this time. So let them go in faith. Let them go in peace. And allow them to, to be with all that God has for them. And then embrace our new leader. And pray and propel both of them into what the Lord is preparing. Um, you'll see soon when the emotions clear, this is not an ending. And that's not a cliche. It's two new beginnings. God is going to multiply by division. And at the end of the day, we'll stand back and be amazed what the Lord is going to do. Amen. Over the, over the years, this ministry has made many friends, nationally and internationally. Several of them have recorded their thoughts and their encouragements, observations for you tonight. Let's begin by watching Pastor Chuck Smith. Hi, this is Pastor Chuck, and I'm certain that all of you today are feeling sort of a sense of shock and emptiness. That is very common when the Lord chooses to remove a great leader from among you. I think of the time when King Uzziah was reigning over Judah. He had a very long and prosperous reign. People were looking up to him. The Bible says that the name of Uzziah was on the lips of all of the people. He had been very successful. The nation had prospered under his rule. But Uzziah had passed on. We read an interesting statement in Isaiah chapter 6 where he said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, sitting on his throne, and his glory filled the temple. In the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord. One of the problems with a strong leadership, one who has led successfully the people of God, one of the problems is that the people often get their eyes on the leader. And sometimes the Lord has to remove the leader in order that we might see the Lord himself. And that was the case with Isaiah. He had been looking to the leadership of Uzziah. And at the death of Uzziah, there was the feeling, oh, what's going to happen? Things are going to go to pieces, you know. This great leader that God has given us is moving on. But yet, you can't look at the leader. You've got to look at the Lord. And thus, I pray that in this time, that your eyes will be upon the Lord and that you will see that He is still the head of the body, the church. Get your eyes on Jesus and this is just a part of God's plan 
for the glorious future of Calvary Chapel of Albuquerque. God has provided you with new leadership. And the church, I'm certain, is just going to continue to prosper and grow under the new leadership, even as the Lord has spoken to Skip's heart and has just spoken to him to move on into the next venture that God has for him. This is truly, for Skip, a venture of faith, and so we would encourage you to keep him in prayer and pray that God will use him there in South Orange County in the same marvelous way that God has used him here in Albuquerque. But take this as an opportunity to get your eyes upon the Lord and a renewed commitment to the Lord to see what God has for the future for the church here in Albuquerque. We'll be praying for you, and may God richly bless you. Hi, Greg Laurie here from Harvest Christian Fellowship. I want to say hello to all of my friends there at Calvary Chapel of Albuquerque. I know this is a bittersweet day for you all there because you've heard the announcement that Pastor Skip is leaving this church, but he is moving on to a new ministry opportunity. I want you to know, having spent hours talking with Skip and Lenya about this, that he has agonized over this decision. He loves you. He loves the work that God has done. And quite frankly, at this point in his ministry, this is what many pastors would hope for and could kind of kick back a little bit and enjoy it. And now, at this critical time of your ministry, when God is blessing so powerfully, Skip is willing to take this bold step of faith. And I want to affirm him in that and affirm you for supporting him in this decision that he is making. I know it can be tough, but you need to understand that God has blessed you for 22 years with this man who has given you his heart and has taught you the word of God and has laid a good foundation. And it is upon that foundation that this church will go forward because Calvary Chapel of Albuquerque has not been built on Skip Heidsig, nor has Harvest Christian Fellowship been built on Greg Laurie. Our goal as pastors has been to build our church on Jesus Christ. And one of the marks of maturity for all of you is that you will move forward in the future with excitement. I'm reminded of a past, uh, past it, passage rather, in Ecclesiastes 3. It says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what has been planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Well, this is one of those times. In fact, this is sort of a mixture. It's a time of mourning and laughing and rejoicing at what God is going to do. Let me say a word about Pete Nelson. Pete's a good man, and he loves the Lord. And he has been serving Christ for many years. Of course, you know, he came out of your church and has been discipled by Skip and still looks to Skip as his pastor to this very day. I think that Pete is a, has a real gift from God to teach and preach the word, and he has a real clear mind and a focus that I think will lead you into wonderful opportunities in the days ahead there in the state of New Mexico and, of course, in the city of Albuquerque. Skip is moving on to Southern California. He's, he's going to be in my neighborhood now, and frankly, the real reason he's coming is just so he can go surfing. I'm just kidding. He's coming to take over a church, as you know, called Ocean Hills. And I'm sure that they're excited about the great blessings in their future. So thank you so much for releasing your pastor. 
Thank you so much for praying for him. Thank you so much for affirming him in this very difficult decision he is making. And thanks so much for supporting Pete and Angie as they come and take the direction of Calvary Chapel of Albuquerque. I look forward to seeing you guys sometime in the future. And until then, God bless you. Hi, this is Pastor Raul Reese of Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs. And I can't even believe that 20-some years already have passed. And now as Skip Heisig takes a new venture of faith out here in California, we want you to know that we are behind Calvary Chapel, Albuquerque, and that the board has not only prayed about this, but that we want to encourage you as the body of Christ that Skip is not jumping ship, but that he is going to be part of that work and that God's going to bless and that we are here to help and to assist. And we're so happy that Pete Nielsen is coming in and taking over the ministry there as God has called him and anointed him. And you're going to be blessed by Pete coming in and teaching the Word of God. May the Lord bless you. May He keep you. And we want you to know that we are praying for you and that we are behind Skip and we're behind Pete Nelson too. May the Lord bless you and keep you now. In Jesus' name, God bless. Hello, I'm Franklin Graham. I was asked by Skip to come on the board a number of years ago, and it's been my pleasure to serve on the church board of Calvary Chapel, Albuquerque. And when Skip uh, mentioned to me just a, a few months ago that he felt God was leading him to California, uh, I didn't quite know what to say. And we talked about it, prayed about it, but the more we talked and the more we prayed, I felt in my heart that this was the right move. Uh, like everyone, I was concerned, well, God's going to lead Skip away, who's going to come in behind him? And when I met Pete for the first time, I realized that God had prepared a young man uh, to take this job, to take Calvary Chapel of Albuquerque uh, to another generation. He's gifted, he's strong, and all of us on the board are going to stay on, and we're going to back Pete, and we're going to work to help Pete to be successful. Uh, we're going to continue to help uh, Skip and Linia, and we, they need our prayers, but we want you to know that we're all going to be praying and backing Pete. And so uh, I'm excited about the future. I really am. God bless you, and I look forward to being with you soon. I'm Franklin Graham. All right. Well, all right. Thank you. On your way home tonight, we prepared a personal letter from Skip and Lenny and also one from Pete. Pick it up in the foyers as you uh, make your exit. You've heard from three of our board members in those videos. Uh, you'll hear from two more right now. First, uh, Greg Zanetti and then Paul Saber. Greg? Good evening. Many of you have heard that we, we have a board of directors here at Albuquerque Calvary Chapel, and it may come as a surprise to you, but our charge has been to support Skip and his vision for the church, as well as to set the long-term strategic goals for the church. And as you might suspect with Skip, he assembled a board that was reflective of us and reflective of this church and of himself. There are three community members, I being one of them, and uh, our mission was to stay in tune with you all. And then, of course, because Skip has become this national and, in many respects, international figure, he brought on these remarkable men you just saw, Franklin Graham, Raul Ruiz, uh, Greg Laurie, to also serve on this board. <laughs> Obviously, I'm here representing the local side. <laughs> this is somewhat awkward. Uh, because what most of us see every week is the spiritual side to Calvary. The, the worship, the prayers, the teaching, 
and the spiritual side. There's another side to Calvary Chapel, and it's more mundane. Uh, it's the business side. It's this building. It's the hub. It's the coffee shop. It's the utility bills. It's the insurance. It's the salaries, and so on. And it's an amazing enterprise that runs here just on, in a corporate sense, and an amazing staff that runs it day to day. We've been incredibly blessed to have these people behind the scenes that support Skip and his family and have kept this going as well. As a board, it's been our duty and our responsibility to see that your tithes, your offerings, are used honestly, responsibly, and prudently for God's work. So when Skip told me he was leaving, I felt like I'd been punched in the stomach. Twice. <laughs> Once on the spiritual side, because I, like many of you, I raised my hand here and came forward publicly. And so having Skip leave is a little bit like having Dad go. And then on the board side, the operations side, the flood of questions came. What, what about all this? What about the bills, the ministries we support? What about this big enterprise? What are we going to do without Skip? And the answer is, I don't know. But... <laughs> But I do know the Lord is my shepherd. This is his church. This is God's work. And on the optimistic side, I trust God. And I believe as a congregation, though we're about to be tested, we will acquit ourselves well. We're being launched. Uh, let's make God and let's make Skip proud. Now on the other side, I am all too human. And I'm also a little bit scared. And despite all of these emotions, I do know this. We on the board and our staff, we will do our duty. And my promise and my commitment to you today on behalf of the board and on behalf of the staff is that we will do everything to see that this enterprise continues to run professionally, efficiently, and honestly, and in such a way that is pleasing to God and it is pleasing to all of you. Merry Christmas, and may God bless you all. I'm Franklin Graham. No, I... Um, I don't have any prepared remarks because when Skip asked me to come in uh, to speak tonight, I said, well, where do I fit on the agenda? He said, oh, you're last. I said, oh, thanks, and, uh, which made me realize that everything I would have said has been said. Uh, but then right before I started to come up here, uh, those of you that know Skip uh, intimately, he, he leaned over to me and said, now, hit a home run. Um, so I, I really am standing up here. Um, as a board member, but more importantly, as an incredibly dear friend of Skip's. Um, for those of you that don't know, Skip and I share many, many things in common, of which is the death of both of our brothers. Um, so for many years, Skip and I have commiserated about our lives and our walks and just how we live our lives for God. And as I sat there tonight listening to everybody speak, 
It is amazing to me throughout this whole process, and Linya has said it, Greg said it, um, this has been a very difficult process. This has been a very painful process. A lot of tears, a lot of emotion. But throughout this process, as I began to reflect on what's taken place, what's happened once again is the same thing that's been happening for 22 years in Calvary of Albuquerque. And that is, Skip is teaching us. He's teaching us. We sat in the boardroom and we started to talk, and you've seen the figures that are on the board, important, big ministries. They've been taught something by Skip. Because what God has been teaching us for many years has been coming through Skip's teaching, has been that everything God is about is counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense. Most of us are not celebrities, big churches, names. We're not pastors. We're not even board members here. But what we are is people that walk every day by faith. And my challenge to each of you is this. Remember this day as a pinnacle of God's teaching of how he confounds us. Each one of us every day are faced with decisions. We typically opt for those decisions that help us, that seem to make the most sense for us. All of us on that board, the first time we heard, looked at Skip and said, this doesn't make sense. You've all heard it already said many times tonight. And as I walked back in here after many months being away, I kind of have to go, wow, this is really some congregation made up of incredible people incrementally grown over 22 years. And I asked Skip before he came up tonight, not hit a home run, are you sure? And he looked at me in only that Disneyland character that Chip mentioned to you and said, oh yeah, we need to learn from this day more than anything else that the easy decisions are typically not of God. The decisions that feel the right, the most easy to do, that are sort of self-preservationist, decisions are usually wrong. And as I was flying in today, I could not but think of Abraham, the master of self-preservation. The easy decision was to say, she's my sister for his own self-preservation. Skip has not once in this process, and as I mentioned, being a very close friend of his, we've spent hours talking about this and praying about this, and he doesn't even know, probably, that throughout all those conversations, he ever said, what about me? He never said it. It was always about what does God want of me? So I would tell you all that what he's done for 22 years is teach us. He's imparted God's word to us. And as Greg Laurie said, he has laid a strong foundation. And as Skip has said, there is different levels of faith in this room, different levels of maturity. 
All of us on the board are staying on. We need you. We need you to stand in the gap for Skip, for Pete, for Angie, and for Linya. You need to pray, and you need to stand in the gap and be ambassadors for Christ in this community. Because Chip has said it, this is so unique that we all trust that this message is going to resonate across the globe that a pastor with a congregation of this size is willing to go and begin to teach a new flock. All of us on the board want you to know we love you. We love Skip. And Pete, our commitment for you is to be there for you as we have been for Skip. For as long as you need us, we will stand in the gap for you. And may God bless you and Angie. Would you all stand? We've had enough of this. Well, um, remember, it's our secret. Till tomorrow. Pete, would you come on up? I want to pray for Pete. Let's do it together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the work that you have done, that you have established, and we trust that you are going to continue. What you have begun, you will continue until the day of Christ. I thank you for this man, for this Timothy, for how he's learned and taught. And we pray that that would continue into the future. And Lord, we pray for Skip and Lenya. And Lord, I know that they are following you by faith, not by sight. And I know you're going to bless. But Lord, we want to just release them to you and to your call from our hearts. We're talking to you right now, Lord. And so we want to release Skip and Lenya to your service. That your anointing would be upon them. That may, they may be led by your spirit each and every step of the way as we pray that you would lead us by your spirit each and every step. We ask this in